What about your situation, Sol? Will you be staying at Tottenham? I'm staying. Hello, Sol Campbell is a legend. We're recording from two different countries this week. Um, Very exciting. Multi multinational this is. Um, You're a, a, a global podcast, I think you could say. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we had a quite eventful week. Um, we after last week's tame, we can say it was quite tame. Nothing really much. Both Arsenal and Spurs won their first two games, and now we move on to this week. Both Arsenal and Spurs. Oh no, Spurs didn't win their second game. Um, no, we drew. But now this week, Spurs and Arsenal both lost. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd, it was an interesting week. I mean, it was, it was, if we're going to value in an entertainment value alone, this week was probably, I think, better than last week. Um, I don't know. Though. It's tough though with the, with the VAR thing in the Man in the Man City game. It's close, <laughs> but <laughs> I, I think we're, we're going to start with the Arsenal game now. I think. So yeah, um, Arsenal. The Arsenal, Arsenal Liverpool. Arsenal lost three one to Liverpool. Um, mm-hmm. For the first half, it looked okay. We were for the first thirty five minutes. We kind of weren't under pressure so much. Liverpool didn't really create much. We had a couple of chances, and then Liverpool scored, and then it kind of all went downhill. I thought on the day Liverpool were clearly the better team. I think that's fair to say. It's not like. Arsenal were expecting to be the better team, but Liverpool just outplayed Arsenal. There was no real threat Arsenal, I don't feel, gave to Liverpool that much. Um, it was. It felt very similar to last year's, the last couple of games. I mean, it was a it was a smaller a smaller result this time for Arsenal last year. Obviously, being five one, this year being three one. Is, is is that progression for Arsenal? I feel like, no, it was just a bit different. I don't feel there was really progression. I feel like it was very... We tried to play the exact same way and we tried to do the exact same thing last year with Liverpool, mm. try and pass it around and then attack them. He's, he's changed up differently slightly. He played a diamond and then two forwards, who kind of, which was quite interesting because it put Liverpool under a different sort of dynamic. I don't think they've came up against... Whereas, because usually in the Premier League, if you're playing against a top two, you're playing against two big men and they're just going to whack it outfield to them. Whereas this was a front mm. two which has just got pace against you. So I mean, it, it wasn't it wasn't really a, a traditional type tr- front front two at all. With Pepe's not really a striker, um, and it's mainly relying on pace. I think as as a as his uh, primary skill. Um, and yeah, it, it was nowhere near a, a typical two front two strikers um, I think Liverpool struggled that a little bit in the, in the first half I think Pepe looked looked pretty uh, I hate to say he, he did look pretty good for some points um, in, in, in my opinion he looked sort of like a player who anyone's played for with, with, with sliders up just playing with a skill button he looked a little he, he looked just doing everything all this all sort of stuff skills pace um, I, I think he, he in my opinion he looked a little weak um, and hopefully we'll, Spurs will take advantage of that next week um, but it looks yeah. interesting because the way Liverpool press with their full-backs getting so high up, it was quite clever, I felt, to put Aubameyang and Pepe up against the front two because they, they didn't have any support, really, the defenders, Van Dijk and Matip. And Van Dijk did struggle. He, I think, compared to most games, he looked a lot more vulnerable than he has in previous games because most mm-hmm. teams don't really play like that. And he has done something which you've never seen him done before and he kind of stepped quite off Pepe in like a 
I'm going to give him some space because I can't just muscle him off the ball all the time because he's just going to skip past me. It kind of felt like a lot of the time Pepe was Pepe had the ball and Van Dijk was stepping off him. And obviously, at one point in the game, which happened, hasn't happened in however many games, Pepe dribbled past Van Dijk, got through. He did it a few times. He missed his chance, but it showed potential and it showed class, it showed quality. And I think. Yeah. Yes, we're uh, not. I mean personally, personally about that that Van Dyke stat, I I don't buy it personally. I don't think that it's. The, I mean, the, the, I don't think he's never been dribbled past in a game, in in however many no. games it is. I don't. It's still pretty cool that Pepe went past him, but I, yeah, I don't think it's he's he's never been gone past in fifty games, whatever the stat is. Yeah, I, I don't know about that. Okay, but prov- providing that, it did feel like Pepe has caused him more trouble than most players have really. I think that's fair to say. And I feel like the way Pepe plays, I'm trying to figure out who can I compare him to. Because obviously, if you haven't seen a player play for very long, you need to figure out what's their play style, who are they like, like what am I, what's the potential with the player. And it, to me, I originally, when I was watching his highlights, I was just thinking, oh, let's say Salah, because obviously, yeah, it's Salah. But I feel like it's more of like an Iron Robin sort of player. Whereas mm. you know exactly what he's going to do. He wants to cut onto his left all the time, Pepe, and he did it very. Few, he did it quite a few times. He had some shots, and you know exactly what he's going to do. And it's very difficult to stop though sometimes. I think. I think though he's he's more he's more reliant on pace than than, than Robin ever was. I think that that's a. I mean, I, I don't think the, the comparison is is a. Uh, it's a decent. I mean, yeah, I, I I get the the fact that he he does similar skills again and again, and people don't know what to, don't know what to do to that. Um, but he is more reliant on pace than Robin ever was. If you watch, and you saw that in the game against if, Liverpool. If yeah. you watch the way Robin plays against defenders and the best defenders, they all know they have to stay. They have to step back. They can't close him down because he's just going to cut in. And even though even though they're cutting in, they still have to step back. And I feel like that's exactly what Pepe did against Van Dijk yesterday. He mm-hmm. he backed off and and Pepe would just constantly try and shoot from the left. And it feels like he is going to cause problems for defenders in the league. And I know it's early to say that, but I feel like just based off, if you could do it again, if that's what he did against Van Dijk, how much harder is it going to be against everyone else? It's like, really? Sure. I think you have to think, you have to think though, that when, even though he, he did dribble and did look quite quick on the ball, when he got his, his chance, when he went past, I think, Robertson um, for that chance, he, he was a really, really weak shot, in my opinion. And if he scores that... Um, Maybe we get a different game. I think he 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 clearly can dribble well. Clearly can go can run quick with the ball, go past players. But I think he'll probably have to work on his finishing, um, because he, he's used to playing against uh, teams in France who can't really defend. Yeah, you say so. that, but um, I feel like it happened with Aubameyang. I feel like his finishing isn't wasn't up there like first few games for Arsenal. He was scoring goals, but his finishing like you, we've seen, he missed quite a few chances. Whereas now. Well, he, he, he he even missed one in in the Liverpool game this week, which if he could have scored it again, would would have been a different game. Okay, but some chances are easier than others. But I feel like it takes it's going to take Pepe a bit of time. You can't expect him to be a world class finisher after a game. Like he's not a striker, but he is. You're expecting him to score goals, and he he can take him time. I feel like with Aubameyang, he's now excellent finisher. Excellent. It took him a few games to get used to it, and it'll take him a few games to settle with Pepe. Pepe as well, and I'm not. I'm, I'm actually. I'm really expecting Pepe to actually do well, even if it isn't. Even if it isn't straight away, he's got potential. He's young. He's not that. He's got. He's got. A, he's got a long career ahead of him. I don't see a problem with him, and I think he was the. He was made probably the best highlight of the Liverpool game. I think if there was one positive Arsenal can take is Pepe, 
Um, the other new signing that people were talking about a lot in that game was David Luiz. Now, to me, it felt like he had a decent 90 minutes. And I feel like he looked composed a lot. Like, considering how high-pressing Liverpool were, he was very composed on the ball. However, at key moments in the game, he made a, he made a mistake. I only think for the third goal, you can really blame him. For the second goal, the penalty... I feel like if he doesn't found him, Salah's scoring anyway. People say, well, he shouldn't be in that position, but whatever. Liverpool were causing problems to the defence anyway. That's what you were expecting. I feel like when Liverpool were trying to cross it in all the time with Robertson and and Trent, he was dealing with it. On the ball, he looked good. I thought overall he had an OK game. I don't think he was awful. I don't know how people can say what an awful player is after that. Playing against that, the that, best that's a pretty, in the league... That's... That's a pretty biased analysis of his performance, in my opinion. Um, I, I said last week about, about Louis when, when Arsenal fans were saying how he's clearly a class player and he, he's composed in the ball and all that. This week he showed that when it came to, to big decisions in the box, he makes rash decisions. The, the, shirt, the shirt pull was completely unnecessary. Right. Also, there's the fact is that he let Salah into the box already with, with with bad positioning. He's he's clearly he's slow. He's he's rash, makes stupid decisions. He he I I think he's very clearly a liability in defence. Which I said I've been saying for a while about David Luiz, and I I, don't, I never understood why Arsenal fans thought he was the, the saviour for their defence. He's not a a significant improvement on Mustafi. He really is. I don't think I ever thought he was a saviour. I just thought he was an improvement on Mustafi, and I feel like on the ball and especially. In the clearing headers and crosses and whipping the balls in and all that, I think he is better than Mustafi. I think maybe okay, he may make some mistakes defensively, but I still think he's an improvement. He's not going to win us the league, but he's something. Well, you, you've already got, but you've already got Socrates who can make defense, who make defensive mistakes. Sometimes you've got Louise who can make defensive mistakes. You've got Holding who's relatively unproven. Arsenal's biggest problem last year of defense has still not been solved solved at all. And I mean, and on the same ground as as last year, well, you're you, judging a defense. you looked stronger in some areas, but defensively was still pretty weak. You're judging a defense that hasn't played together yet. You haven't seen Bellerin play with. Basically, the front, the back four, we had one of our starting back four playing against Liverpool. And I don't think we did that badly against them. Yes, they were good, but we had one of our starting four, back four playing. There was Tierney's not there, Bellerin's not there, Holden's not there. All we had was either Socrates or Luis, whoever he wants to start playing. I feel to say Arsenal's defence is still a shambles is a bit unfair because we haven't seen the actual back four play yet. No, I think the, the full-backs weren't ever the problem, really. The problem was Mustafi and Socrates and, and, and weak players in, in the centre. The full-backs were crap as I'm well, sorry, let's be in honest. in that game, if you have... Remember, again, what's Liverpool's biggest strength? Their, their wingers, Sarah Romane. You have good full-backs against I mean, them. I mean, Who knows what's going to happen? That, that's debatable, but, but sure. If you have... Fine, but Liverpool's biggest strength, I think it's fair to say... Is there is Salah and Mane? They're four, those two wingers. That's their biggest strength. No team does it like them. Yeah. So mm. I'm saying you can't go well. Arsenal's defence looks shambles when you weren't having Tierney play up against uh, Salah or Bellerin up against Mane. I think it's a bit unfair right now to say Arsenal's defence hasn't been solved yet because we haven't seen them play. I think no. This was the, uh, the the test for Arsenal. It was the same location, the same team, pretty much against as last team. It's it's pretty much you get to do the same thing as you did last year again. You're getting, you're getting a second chance at it, um, and you would think that Arsenal 
Arsenal's uh, massive spending, considering what 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 they had in the summer, um, would have been invested in this in the defence, um, which at the moment we'll have to wait and see with with, with the, the fullbacks, which. I still think they, they weren't really the problem last year with, with Arsenal's defence. Um, and I think, personally, in my opinion, Bellerin is still defensively weak. But Arsenal's defence has still not been solved. Um, and, yeah, I, I think this match continued to show that. And, yeah, well, I think we'll have to wait and see. I, I guess we'll wait and see when, when Tierney, co- Tierney comes and, um, and Bellerin comes back. But, yeah, I, I maintain that Arsenal are still not defensively weak. Are still defensively weak. I feel like you can't judge Arsenal's defence if you haven't seen them play. I have seen them play. No, you haven't seen them play. A back four is made up of a back four. It's like if Liverpool had no Van Dijk, it's not like it's going to be the, the defense. I think would still be okay if if Spurs didn't have Vertonghen, as you've seen. It's not I mean, that. It's not the yeah. hugest thing. I mean, it really is. It really, I don't think it is as much as you think. I think it is. I mean, I think we'll 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 get onto the Spurs game later. But I, I think Spurs missing out on Vertonghen was one of the biggest big reasons why we put in such a poor performance defensively. Well, I feel like overall as a game, I don't think Arsenal you can really judge much because, like I'm saying, we haven't played our back four. Liverpool are, are a better team. I think that's fair to say. No one's really going to argue Liverpool and City aren't the best two teams in the league. Yeah? So, I feel Arsenal are in a different boat right now to Liverpool. Liverpool trying to win top. Liverpool trying to win the league. Arsenal trying to just get back into that top four. So, to judge Arsenal's defence specifically on a game where you're playing against the best team in the league, they don't do awfully for the first half. Liverpool had a few chances, that was it. Um, and it's not the starting eleven. I think it's a bit unfair. I'm not saying Arsenal had a good game. Obviously, they didn't. They were quite poor. But um, I feel overall, it was fair to say Liverpool were the better team and that's about it. Um, I, I think I think that I think you have to mention just before we finish this um, that that um, even defensively Arsenal <coughs> were, were a problem that game, but even in midfield, um, Sebalos looked weak in my opinion. He made mis- he may put that ball across the box, which which Mane could have probably should have scored. Um, you had you had Pepe in my opinion looked pretty weak. Guendouzi looked pretty weak on the ball. Lots of these players, especially I hope next week. Um, Playing against physical teams will get taken advantage of, um, and Seblos is proving that he was a lot, a lot, lot uh, more hyped up than he actually is good at. I don't player. know. I don't know. I, I didn't really notice much like wrong with Seblos. Obviously, don't recognise much insane quality, but I didn't recognise much wrong. The one part, the more, the one instant you mentioned there of him clearing the ball to Mane, I feel like he had nowhere to go. It was poor. Correct. It was poor. It's one thing. Put it out for a throw, and it's it's, it's, it's you know yeah, I mean every player knows that knows what they're doing there. It's one thing. It's, it's not you can't judge. You you're saying Arsenal are judging too quickly. I think you're too quick to to put him down. Based no, I mean he he, he could still be he could still be a good player, but I think we have to you have to acknowledge is that he's not the the absolute gift from God that Arsenal fans thought he was this week. Thought, thought he was the first week. Um, I think yeah, I, he he's not he's a flawed well, he player had an like every other. Game. That was the thing. He had an amazing game. What else are you supposed to do? You're selling. If you look at if you look at players, no one said he was no, no one said he was going to be the greatest player ever. They just thought yes, Sebastian had a phenomenal game and he is going to be good. And I don't think it's fair to say he's not going to be good because he he has. No, I, I think it. I better. think it's fair to say. I think it's fair to say we, we, we've taken with a pinch of salt to see how good he actually will be in a few games. We we'll have to wait and see for, for over a whole season, maybe, or a, a sustained period of time. I think you're right though in saying Arsenal weak. It's not been. It's 
been a common theme over the past few years. Arsenal have showed weakness since the since basically since Vieira and Tony Adams and Sol Campbell. We haven't really been able to replace them guys, and it's been a key thing the strength in the midfield. Um, Torreira doesn't really have that. He's kind of we've got a few like nitty gritty players like they're not gonna boss you like. They're more like Kante style players versus a Pogba style player that's just going to outmuscle you. They're, I'm not saying they're as good as them, but they're like Kante more than Pogba is. They're like Torreira's going to get you the ball. Willock's going to try and win you the ball back. Um, Granite Xhaka is the closest we have to someone who's going to outmuscle you. Um, and I think, all right. But I feel like if. I don't know how you can really combat. Strength. If you're gonna, if you say the only way to combat strength is with strength, it's then a bit like you're saying. So Spurs are gonna be dominant next week, but I feel I like hope so. if you're saying Sissoko, oh, he's gonna outmuscle everyone. Well, that, that's kind of what you suppose. How you supposed to combat him with? If you combat him with strength, you're not really gonna get very far, are you? So you have to combat well, him in a different way. You you could combat him with strength. Equally, you could um, have someone like Ndombele who pretty much combines uh, being be able being able to play well with the ball and strength. I, I think Torreira why, does one that. of the reasons why Ndombele is. I think Torreira does pretty, that a bit. Good. He might not be as strong as you think, and Ndombele is not as strong as I don't think you think. But I think he's pretty strong. I think I think Torreira does that a bit. You can kind of he's exactly what Ngolo Kante can do. Who, who would you want to put out against Sissoko? Ngolo Kante is one of the top players there. You want to put him up straight away there. And we we had I think we had Sissoko versus Kante in the, in the Chelsea game last year, and we and we we battered them. Well, we're talking about a complicated Chelsea team and game, and Chelsea didn't. And Kante sure. doesn't really fit into Chelsea. I don't know. If, I don't know how long it's going to take people to really. I don't know why he's how long it's going to take him to be there still. I'd, I'd, uh, I'd take him at Tottenham if he's if he's listening. Okay, <laughs> I think though it is time to move on to that Spurs game because for how amazing oh. Spurs' midfield might be, they didn't have the best I'd game. Have to ruin, I have to ruin my mood talking about Arsenal, Arsenal losing, and I have to talk about that. Oh, it was a, one of the worst Spurs games I've seen, and I don't even know how long we just didn't play well at all. There was there was it was just so so bad. Davinson Sanchez was poor. Winks was was I mean it, it, you, the, you, can, you can't really put it on one player. It's, it's, it was a generally poor performance, but Winks with far too much sideways passing. Um, I think Lamella was, was horrific in my opinion. I, I personally don't understand how he's still at Tottenham. I mean, other than the fact that we we can't really afford to sell him because of squad depth. Um, but I, I sh- it was just one of the worst games I've seen in 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 a while at Spurs, and I, I hope that we can work it out before and work whatever problems out. We've got other club now. Working out before next week because uh, yeah, I think I think I mean we really need to. <laughs> we can't afford to lose next week as well. If you're saying Spurs had a poor performance, and then I don't know what you're expecting, how it's supposed to get any better for Spurs right now, because by looks things, Vertonghen's not happy, Eriksson's not happy. Um, who knows what's happening with the viral situation? I feel like this could be a trend almost in a minute because Danny Rose wanted to leave a couple of weeks ago and no one really seems to be wanting to play for Spurs right now um, 
I know you. I think that, that's that's a bit of a bit of a stretch in my opinion. No one wants to play for Spurs. Um, and you've got a whole squad of players who want to play for Spurs. Um, I don't. I don't think you know or I know what is going on with Tottenham at the moment, or with or specifically with with Jan Vertonghen and why he's not not played a minute of football this season. Um, I think there's obviously some behind the scenes problems going on. I think when when Trippier left, he did did his interview where he mentioned that one of the reasons why he left was because of behind the scenes issues. Uh, I think there is some problems going on going going on at Tottenham behind the scenes. I don't know what it is. I don't know what what what's how they're causing us to lose games, but we'll have to wait and see. I guess. Well, it's quite interesting because um, after like the whole incident with Spurs getting to the Champions League final and like, oh yeah, everyone's we're going to be a great team now. Everyone's going to want to be here and all that. You would think instantly after winning the Champions League final, Spurs' first priority should have been let's see if we can renew contracts of these couple of players. But it seems like none of them really wanted it, and I don't understand. Like, you think you're saying Spurs are amazing and all players want to? Why wouldn't you want to play for them? But you're asking professional footballers who just got to the Champions League final well they don't want to stay and now they all kind of it's a bit of a mess Spurs I feel Spurs are becoming a bit of a mess like Arsenal were I, I don't think we're that bad <laughs> I think there's there's some problems again there's some, there's some problems going on at Tottenham and these problems have been pretty much been going on this whole calendar year I think I don't know what they are um, the, we've had people. People are trying to put it down to to Moussa Dembele, who left in left last January, and our, our form since he's left has been we've we've won uh, four games out of uh, out of the last fifteen Premier League games. We've lost eight. Um, it's been pretty bad. I think we've lost the most games out of any club in the Premier League in 2019 who who wasn't relegated. Um, we've Sounds been, like an I, Arsenal yeah. stat. That. <laughs> just letting you I hate, I just say it. that sounds like a stat I would hear. With when Wenger was last few years, that was the sort of stats we were getting. Mm, I just, I mean, speaking of speaking of, of, of Wenger stats, the next one I, I just saw yesterday was we had seventy nine point eight possession in the game yesterday, which is the second highest figure for a losing team in the Premier League. Uh, that that's a Wenger stat. <laughs> All the ball, literally, like almost eighty, like eighty percent of the ball, and we let a, a, a relegation t- a team that are re- one of the favourites for relegation um, although, beat us at our stadium. Although I don't feel that they are, but um, I think credits where credits due. Newcastle, they they beat Spurs. They got their first win of the season under Steve Bruce. Credits where credits due. Johnington scored. No one can argue with them that they shouldn't have. They shouldn't have got a win, I don't feel. Well, you obviously people can argue with them, but they did what they did. They all got their win. Well done to Newcastle, I feel. Um, any complaints you want to have about Newcastle? <laughs> not. I mean, the the team particularly they they really annoy me. Joe Linton specifically, not only because he scored. <laughs> He spent about half that pitch on the ground. Literally, I don't know what it was. There was so much, so many players in Newcastle, just with the goalkeepers and um, and, and and players just lot, just time wasting so much. Yeah, I understand. That's I understand. What, I understand what they're doing. Yeah, I understand it, but it really annoyed me. Um, yeah, but obviously it annoys everyone that's on the losing side of it. But everyone kind of accepts it as that's how football works. Teams yeah, do that all suppose, the time. Every team does pretty that. much did, did the same thing last week against Man City. Um, so I understand what why they did it. But it's so frustrating to play against. And uh, well, last week Spurs had VAA drama. This week Spurs had VAR karma. I would you 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 might think. What a line! <laughs> <laughs> Never mind it being true or not, but sure. 
I mean, if we're gonna let's get onto that then. Uh, that that penalty. I mean, th- there were some other ones I thought should should be given during the game. I'll, I'll be honest and say I I, w- I was at the stadium and I thought I mean I mean maybe my I haven't seen some of them back yet, so maybe some of them weren't. But I've looked back the cane the the cane penalty or the cane non penalty that wasn't given, and I just I just don't see how that wasn't. wasn't well, I, I I can explain it for you if you want. It basically the way football works is players like to look for contact. Yeah. And they do that a lot in the penalty area. So you look for contact in the penalty area. And it looked to me, the way Kane moved, he had some shoulder contact from his arm, which isn't a penalty, sorry. No one goes, can't go down on a light tap on the shoulder. So he decided he was going to try and step in front of Lascelles, who was in the middle of falling over. And That's... it ended up catching him after he stepped towards him. You can clearly see a leg move towards the player. It's not like he continues running that, towards that, the that, that, that was some that, that was some great stuff. A great story. Totally made up though, unfortunately. That's just not what happened. Kane only starts falling over. Kane only starts falling over after Lascelles dives into him. Lascelles dives into him. Whether it's intentional or not, he, he falls into him or he dives into him. There's zero contact on the ball. Right, he just he he dives for his legs effectively and takes him out. Kane was looking I, for how, how it's not a penalty. It's I don't not know. clear and obvious. I'm sorry to tell you, it's not. How clear is it not clear and obvious? It was so obvious. He dives into him. Kane goes down after the dive into him. Like that's a foul. Well, if only in there the was. Box. If only there was Last someone. Man, the red card. If only there was a neutral adjudicator who was reviewing it at the time who would have decided whether or not it was clear and obvious. Ah, oh, shut up! <laughs> oh, shut up! <laughs> If only we had that, and I think, what a great idea, what a great concept, a neutral adjudicator to judge a referee's mistake. I mean, last week, you you weren't a fan of it this week. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I was not complaining about it last week. I felt like they did it exactly how they claimed they were going to do it. That's it. They claimed how they were going to do it, and they kept to their word. This week, it was an opinionated decision whether or not it was was a penalty or not. It was a... It was someone's opinion. More than one person decided it. It was both the referee at the time. It was both the VAR review. I feel obviously it's going to go against you, and that's how VAR works. Sometimes it goes against I mean, you. And, 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 Sometimes it goes for you. Yeah. Not unless, everything's clear and, and, and obvious. Unless Stevie Wonder was in the, uh, the in the in the VAR box, I do not know how that wasn't given. To be honest, I mean they literally the guy dives into him. It's a foul. There was no contact. I feel like Kane tried. It was a clear cut penalty. I feel like Kane attempted to try and attempted to have that contact, and it it backfired. He didn't attempt anything. That's not true. Even and even if he did, there was contact on him. Right, the guy dives into him. It's a penalty in the box. This this will definitely (laughs) clearly start the whole argument again about well, even though yes, it's it's not is VAR a good thing? You were the one saying. Last oh, week, yeah. I mean, oh well, VAR. <laughs> we want to get the right decision, so we might as well keep to it. But then it doesn't go your way, and all of a sudden, all of a sudden, it's well, VAR got it wrong. Oh, you can't argue with this. Mourinho said it midweek. Only cheats are going to complain about. Only what was it again? I need to remember the line here. Only thieves complain about the use of security footage. I can't have you using that quote against me. I literally sent sent it to you this week. <laughs> no, that's, that, that, I mean, the whole point of I was defending VAR is if it makes the correct decision. The whole point of VAR is to have more correct decisions, <laughs> not more incorrect you decisions. You can't moan this when is an it's incorrect. Decision. incorrect. <laughs> I can't. You can't complain if VAR is leading... got it wrong. 
if VAR is leading to more incorrect decisions, it is a bad thing. If it's leading to more correct decisions, it's a good thing. This decision was incorrect. So do you want VAR should have given a penalty? E- either way, with VAR or without VAR, it wasn't a penalty. Sure. I mean, yeah, I, I think this debate will go on forever because of VAR, I guess. But People are just going to... If, if it feels like it is going to solve some problems, because some of them are clear and obvious. Like some, like, like the Kane one? No, yeah. no, no, no. I mean, like, some clear offsides and some some clear... Uh, what were the, the four cases. Like, some of them, some red cards. Like, remember that the World Cup final, 2000, whenever? Clear and obvious red cards. <laughs> I think mm. um, uh, the, 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 the young one yeah you know, when, some of them that, are that very clear kick. and obvious errors that they don't make and mm. some of them are opinions and I feel like you're going to win some and lose some but overall it is going to get some decisions right and some decisions wrong but Tosa I think the I saw a Brighton player this week um, after he scored Tosard Tosard don't know how to pronounce it he said he refused to celebrate straight away just because he knew VAR would be a uh, would be could still be intervening and it ended up overturning his goal so it, even the players are starting to kind of get slightly annoyed by it and it's obviously it's going to go we said this it's going to happen every week when it goes against you you're going to love it when it goes for you you're going to hate it um, it felt like it felt like the whole Spurs team were off that day including their best player VAR he didn't know what he was doing. He was all over the place. Terrible, terrible performance. Just to sell him right now is disgusting. Um, but overall, Newcastle, they won as well. Well done to Newcastle. First win of the season. Just, just, before, just, just, just before the end of this bit, then, um, I was, again, I, was, I mentioned before I was at the, at the stadium. Um, it, the, the atmosphere was so, so bad. I was in person. I was in the, the White Wall, I think it's, it's the technical name, but the big south stand. The stadium was built for atmosphere, and if you sing along with chants, you feel out of place for be- <laughs> for making noise at a stadium. People need to realise, right, that 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 first of all, there, there was Preach Newcastle brother. fans, <laughs> Newcastle fans were chanting, "Is this the Emirates?" And it's just embarrassing. Like, shall we sing a song for you? All, all these stupid. Yeah, chants. But that's just the way fans for you. Sure, I know, but but if they if they haven't got a point, they can't sing it. No one sings. I I I I don't know what the equivalent is in German, but no one sings. Shall we sing a song for you at Borussia Dortmund, right? <laughs> which which was the which was the, the 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 inspiration for the South Stand, right? Which it was supposed to be a replica of that. Or and, and uh, people need to understand that there is a direct link. There is a direct link between between how your team plays and the level of the level of, of noise created by the fans. Teams will play better. I mean, this, this, this was proven by yeah. the in the in the Champions League. Teams will play better if their fans sing more. And it pisses me off that that our that our that our stadium was full of tourists. I met a lovely guy at the game yesterday. Don't think he should have been at the game. <laughs> lovely guy. I'll meet him. I'll meet him somewhere else. Don't come to football if you aren't gonna sing. It's not. It's just not. Just don't come. <laughs> Little tip for you: owners lie about their stadium. And how it's going to be so fans are happy. Yeah? You're, whoever sure. told Spurs that their stadium was going to be like Dortmund, I don't know how Spurs fans thought that no, was I going mean, to be true. No, it, it, was, it was built. It was, it was yeah, the, the whole yeah, yeah. Single, single tier. It was built to be that. No, I think it was built to make fans happy, not to actually be that. And I feel like also I, with I, your saying tourism is a big issue. With our, if you go to the Emirates, it literally, that's how it was. It was... 
from what I, I never went so to, annoying I never went to Highbury but from what I saw it was like it was actual fans there every week week in week out yeah that's who you get when your stadium's not so big as soon as your stadium's huge and become a whole like a tourist spot it becomes almost, it becomes a tourist attraction and you get a bunch of foreign fans I don't know I don't mind foreign fans I don't mind foreign fans that's, 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 no that's, no that's, that, that, we're that talking about tourism fans yeah, tourists, people who are coming to the games for a day out, who aren't invested in Tottenham, who aren't Tottenham fans, who aren't going to join in with songs, aren't going to create good atmosphere for the players. And I, I think this 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 thing comes down to the the pricing of tickets. I mean, it's a separate issue, which we'll probably get into a different time. But just a little thing: the 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 South Stand copied from Dortmund. Dortmund's yellow wall, one of the reasons, one of the many reasons why it's a it's a massive in, intimidating wall for, for opposition fans is because of the prices of tickets in the in the wall, right? They are the they are the the, the cheapest tickets in the stadium. I'm, I'm pretty sure about this. I, I can check this after. But I'm pretty sure that they are I mean, 20, 30, 20, 30 pounds or whatever the equivalent is in, in, in Euros. But it, it's that you have to you have to appeal to a certain type of fans to create a certain type of atmosphere. If you want an atmosphere of of people who are paying sixty, seventy pounds for a ticket and who are just there for a day out because it's it's it's, it's a nice, it's, I mean, it's an amazing stadium. Who wouldn't want to go there? But it's not going to help the team. And I mean, yesterday the players were poor, but you also got to say the fans were poor as well. Okay. Well, I think it's fair to cover. That was the games so far, and then this week though, we finally look forward to it. And it's it's game week four now. I would have taken so far after the first three games. I'm quite happy with how it's gone for me. I would have taken it two wins, one loss. Spurs are now four. It, oh, Spurs are many places below. Um, I'd be quite happy. And I think um, I think I think we said in our preview a couple of weeks ago how many points do you expect from the first um, four games? And I said Arsenal. I would expect seven. I think with Spurs, you said you expected at least nine. I don't, I don't remember, to be honest. Um, I feel like nine might be a bit optimistic, getting five points in a game. But um, <laughs> uh, who would have who would have seen Newcastle being the team that stumped Spurs so early on? Mm. Um, but yeah, so I think this upcoming week, though, I think there's a lot to look forward to. Um, it's obviously, just in case anyone is has no idea... It is the North London derby. It's, I would say, I think fair to say, biggest derby in the world. Oh uh, yeah, I, I I thought you you, you were going to go with the the classic. It's the biggest derby. This I mean this year is the biggest one ever. It has to be. No, no, no happens no. every year. No, it's not, <laughs> this one decides top four. <laughs> is it, it? I think it's fair to say it's probably the biggest derby in England. To be fair, if we're talking about uh, actual reason for yeah, derby sure. and level of quality. I think. I mean, from more, more for the the quality sort of comes from from one stuff from from the white right, half of, right, of, of, yeah, of it's London, been, but it's been dominated, <laughs> you know, over recent years. But I think Spurs are just kind of reaching the heights where that it's it's fair to say. But yeah, don't worry, Spurs are getting better. Don't worry, losing mm-hmm. Newcastle not so bad. Happens to everyone sometimes. <laughs> Um, I, I think that for, with, with, with the derby coming so early on in the season we have a chance to either um, make everyone forget about Newcastle by winning the derby um, and, and that could, some, could happen with, with Spurs fans hopes being so low at the moment and I, I'll be honest I start to, I'm not expecting a win um, I can see us losing in, against, against this game because of what, if, we, if we play anything like, like we did against Newcastle we can, we'll lose um, especially because the, the, I mean, you think you're, you're, you're at the moment with Pepe and you think you're 
Arsenal think they're a pretty good team at the moment. But well, no, I think you... I think I think this week isn't actually. I feel like it's less about the three points that you're going to get for winning, and more about the confidence that your players are going to get. Because Arsenal after this week could have could just feel down again, like oh, we're no we're no better than we ever were. And I feel like getting three points against Spurs. Yes, we did it last year as well in a similar position. But I feel like it yeah. just just to bring some confidence to players. And I feel for Spurs, it's exactly the same. Yeah, Spurs got that draw with Newcastle. We're on a high. Got a draw with Man City. We're on a high for a bit. Then you lose to Newcastle. You need three points now to lift you up. Saying yeah. this now, it's probably going to end in a draw. Um, I, 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 I don't have the, the stats on, on hand, but I'm pretty sure a draw is one of the most common results. Oh, I'm fully expecting years. it to be a one all draw. I feel like <laughs> that is everyone's just, it's a standard North London derby result, I feel. It's such a boring game when that happens. I hate that. It's just, it's um, no fun. No, no one loves a derby that ends in a draw. It literally means nothing. Unless, of course, it leads to some VAA drama or whatever. Then it is quite fun. Last year, Arsenal Spurs ended in a draw. wasn't so fun for Arsenal. Mm. Spurs enjoyed it because yeah. they didn't lose and Bamiyan missed that penalty. But I'm saying, so sometimes it is fun when it's a draw. But this early on in the season, come on, VAR's gonna. Sh- if VAR does nothing, I'm just gonna be so annoyed. Mm. I, I think though, if if we win, if we win, it'll be massive, massive for us, and we can. Some maybe paper over some of the cracks, which m- might not be good in the long term. But if we lose, people talk about about a, a long term run of defeats. People will start. Some people, some extreme idiots, will start talking about about potch out. Um, and yeah, I, I think we we need a we need a win. I'm not expecting one. Um, I can already imagine that we see these Arsenal fans just getting all excited when they've beaten Tottenham, and even though they they realistically you know they, they're going to finish behind us again. Um, it, it happened last year. I'm already prepared for these annoying Arsenal fans. You say that, but it's a bit different this year now because Spurs are looking a lot. They're looking a lot more complicated. Ready, Vertonghen's gone. Vertonghen's confused. Eriksen's not playing. You know, like Spurs are a bit slightly different this year, and they look like they're a bit more of a mess. So, I think a win here is good for Arsenal, not just for three points, but it's just I don't think you'll think it, it could have come into effect at the end of the season. So, I mean, every every game comes into effect at the end of the season. That's how point totals work. But I'm saying, think, yeah, this one is mainly about confidence. Though, it's a bit dangerous, I think, for Spurs to think, oh, a win here is going to resolve all the problems because you see Arsenal thought that you're saying you're in the exact same position Arsenal were then. Arsenal thought last year, oh, we beat Spurs and that's going to resolve all our problems. It didn't though. So Spurs again. Yeah. If the Spurs be Arsenal, yeah, it's why, why, it's why I said that it will paper over. It's why I said it will paper over some of the cracks, um, because it people will celebrate. And I, I'll be honest, I will as well. But it, it won't solve whatever's happening with Vertonghen. It won't solve. I mean, the, the, our, our current uh, right back crisis. I guess. I mean, Walker Capitz is decent, but I mean, yeah, we've got we've got problems in our team that w- won't be solved with a derby win. But say, saying that, I mean, I would love to obviously love a derby win. Love to beat the scum. We haven't won there in uh, nine years, I think it is now, in the league. So, well, I think it's going to be interesting because I think with Arsenal, and I don't know how Pochettino approaches games, funny enough. Um, I'm not involved. Uh, but I feel with Arsenal, we've played three different styles of football so far. Um, each game has been very different. We've attacked each game very differently. 
So I feel with Spurs, I don't know what they're going to expect in because I don't think Arsenal will play the same way they do against Liverpool. I'm expecting Lacazette to start. Um, I'm we'll go back to front three. I think I'm not sure, but I think Holding's back. It's been I feel like he's been back from the last couple. Of, he should have been back for the last few weeks. Bellerin and Tierney are definitely not back. They're not starting training till October again. Um, so I feel if Holding does come back, it'd be interesting to see how Spurs can react to that. Um, David Luiz I mean, was was um, was Spurs. was was <laughs> was holding on the bench for the Liverpool game. I, I didn't notice. Uh, I don't think so. I feel though that he's back in full training. They've said recent over the past few days. Um, in the report they do before every game, the questions they get asked, he was told mm-hmm. that um, he was told um, he was back there. Um, so I feel like he. There's a chance he's coming here or he'll be back for the Spurs game. I don't know how high it is. Um, I feel like it'd be funny, though, if Spurs do struggle um, with uh, with David Luiz and Socrates after the whole complaint about your recent complaints there. If, if Kane can't score. Um, Kane loves a, a, a derby goal. Kane's the highest scorer um, in derbies, I think. I think last year he overtook. He's the highest, I think. I can What's check. No, no, no. I, think, I think he overtook Adebayor last year. He is the highest, but... He, he is, is the, the hero of Adebayor, yeah. Crazy. Well, there was our new jingle for... Hero and Villain of the Week. Um, Hero of the Week. I want to mention a unrelated football one in Sir Ben Stokes, or not Sir Ben Stokes, but to be... Boo, wrong sport, wrong sport. To be Sir Ben Stokes for his single-handedly, once again, bringing joy to people which they can't get from football in cricket. And it's cricket... It's putting cricket a bit on the map. And oh my God, what a performance that was. 72 of the last... I'd go into the details. Most people wouldn't get it. Um, but oh, well done. Ben Stokes, like, you can bring happiness again to an English cricket summer that people are going to remember. And I think for England overall, over the next two, over the next years, you're always going to remember the 2018 World Cup and then this summer, the cricket. It's like, I feel for England, growing up, for me especially, and I think for all people, they're going to remember these two last two years, thanks to the football and the cricket, as England fans. Um, So he gets a shout-out, but the actual football hero of the week goes to Bologna's manager. I'm going to have to get my pronunciation. Hope this is how you do it. Sinisa Mihajlovic. I think. I mean, you you sound like a native. That's amazing. Sinisia Mahjolovic, as he yeah, get, get, get on to the story. As he as he returns to the Bologna dugout after six weeks, as he was diagnosed with leukemia, and he made a return as their manager. It's lovely to see. Um, he's still not recovered fully. He's still doing chemo, but um. He, at least he's up and healthy again. But um, well done. Um, he's he's well, he's been. I don't know. I don't know much about his 
career and all that. Um, but um, even the Napoli fans were singing Forza Sincia Mahalovic, um, which is lovely to see that even the, even the opposition could respect it. And it's not something we've been seeing recently in football. A lot of love towards people, um, uh, especially with the whole um, racist problem. But that's not something for Hero. So well done to um, Sincia Mihajlovic for for doing what he did and becoming and returning and almost defeat and putting his strength try to defeat cancer. I I think we 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 should caveat this that we apologise to any Napoli fans, Italians, Serbs who have who have their names <laughs> destroyed <laughs> over there. But sure. Now now we'll move on to villain of the week. This week we have we have nominated the owners the owner owners of uh, Berry and Bolton. Um, for the Bolton specifically, who who were liquidated today, um, which I mean, it's it's just horrific to see for a football club to see how how you have at one end of of the football league you have Man City who are who have so much so much money just splashing out hundreds of millions on players, and and then you have Bolton and Barry who can't afford to even stay existence as, as a club. Barry are, are struggling. I don't I don't know exactly what what the the, the, the status is with Barry. Um, but Bolton have have been liquidated, and it shows the the effect of of football teams in in a community. It shows that even though these teams have been have their results have not always been or have not recently been that that great, um, people come to them for the community community that, that they the community that they they generate there and that they feel a, feel a part of. And it's 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 horrific to see a football club um being liquidated and being and and stop stopping stop existing and for that reason the Bolton and Berry owner of the week are our villain of the week we should also mention um the the racist abuse that uh Paul Pogba received after missing a penalty in in um in the Wolves game last week, and the the racist racist abuse that Mark Marcus Rashford received after missing his penalty, it's it's becoming a bit of a theme here that a, a black player misses a penalty um, and they get abused, and it's just disgusting. I mean, how many times do we have to say this? Just stop. If if <laughs> if 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 any racists are listening to this, don't do it. Um, yeah. Wow. Combat <laughs> racism. I think we we have we have just ended racism just there. I think there is no more racism. Well, in the we world. have the Tammy Abraham one, and then we have the. Pogba recently, and at least Pogba says he's ready to use it to make him stronger. But um, uh, everyone thought it was over as well last year after Sterling and his whole fiasco, and it's just it's it's, it's awful to see. Um, I guess it's a, it's a it's a it's a new take on them. They think it's all over that line. I guess <laughs> they think it's all over. There's more racism to come. <laughs> maybe maybe a man by. The name of Joffre Archer can solve that problem with racism and make everyone happy. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Um, that was Game Week 3. That was this week. Um, we're looking forward to next week. It's going to be good. It's North London Derby. Um, you don't want to miss it. Um, please, if please if you can, like come on, come on, come on, come on. If, if you've got this far... 
Um, Sol Campbell is a Judas traitor. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next week.